I'm Helen Stanley and I'm an automotive artist and car girl on TV. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Hello and welcome to the latest Driven Chat Podcast. My name is John Marker. I'm sat in our lovely Midlands-based studio space with the one and only Rachel Downey. Hi, Rachel. <laughs> and as you've just heard, we are joined by friend of the show and old friend. We've just working out actually how long ago it was that we first met, and it was years ago. It was Helen Stanley. Alarmingly, it was. <laughs> we were both young and fresh and naive into the world of media. Yes. Look at us now. Yes. We're still young and naive <laughs> and fresh into the world of media. Well, thank you for coming along to our lovely little Coventry corner. Well, thank you for inviting me. I, we were going to do a Zoom call. I was like, do you know what? I'm going to come and annoy you instead. Yeah. Oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. I also like how you said Coventry Corner. Coventry Corner. That's a good name for a show it in is. the future. <laughs> if, if you were in Coventry. If there was ever a podcast to be made about Coventry. Coventry Corner. Coventry Corner. Quite like that. The Coventry Corner of Driven Chat. That's where we are. Quite a tongue twister. It is, it isn't sounds it? sounds a little bit... Alan Partridge-esque. I know. It? <laughs> I would listen to it, I'm definitely. I'm always okay, skirting along that line, yeah, that knife are. edge of Partridge. It's <laughs> yeah. just, just anchoring over the safe side, but there have been a couple of moments. Yes, now, here's a funny thing. If you're listening to this episode on the day that it comes out, that means you're listening to us on the 31st of October, which also means it's Halloween. <laughs> I was I'm looking at Rachel's face, not so knowing if there was going to be some sort of like spooky ghost noise or what. No. You just went, yay. For I some reason, Halloween. I thought you were going to do a ghost noise, but yeah. then it didn't come out. <laughs> no, it's just a lot of excitement that came just, out in a yay. Yay. I love Halloween. Now, there is a reason I reference Halloween. Uh, and that is because it's very fitting in the fact that mm. you're here with us, Helen, because you have recently just launched your own podcast called Cars of the Macabre. Yes. Which is very close to my own surname. Some people have pointed out Macabre. It is. Mm. I didn't even think of that. I know. Okay. I know. Which is uh, so either being associated to somebody that's potentially made up a surname because they work in the world of cars. Mm. I haven't. I still get asked this question. It is actually my surname. <laughs> or I've made it up because I like things that are slightly spooky and weird and dark. Well, there you go. I'll take that one. Yeah. yeah there you go. Um, Cars of the Macabre. What on earth is that all about? Okay, yeah, right, I'm going to try and sort of explain this in a short way, but I've always been a fan of the paranormal, true crime, and I've had experiences when I was younger, mm-hmm. and I'm just addicted to watching paranormal shows, mm. but my boyfriend won't watch them with me, so I have to watch them on my own with my dogs, or <laughs> my cousin comes over and we do ha- you know horror movies and things like that, or my auntie, so you know it's normally on my own I watch them. Uh-huh. And... I've honestly watched every paranormal show that is out there. I've listened to every podcast and I love it so much. But do you know what I was thinking was missing? Mm. Was there's nothing that actually groups all the car-related things together, yet there are so many spooky tales about cars. So, for example, serial killers had cars. So I've been trying to track some of them down. The, the, not the, the killers. Series, no, the cars. <laughs> where they are now. <laughs> there are tales of cursed cars. There's haunted roads, haunted racetracks. You know, there's really famous stories like James Dean's Porsche, um, which he unfortunately died in. There's just so much. Mm. And there's always more to the story than you've ever mm. heard. So and then, of course, there's Urban Legends, which is another interesting one. 
And I just thought, do you know what? I'm going to, I've actually written it as a series, a TV mm-hmm. series. Um, but for the minute, I'm starting with a podcast. And just thought, do you know what? Nothing. I'm going to put all my spookiness into one place because I spend <laughs> most of my time doing this, so I may as well put it into yeah. work. <laughs> oh my god, that's so! I I love all of this. I know our John is um, just doesn't believe in any of this stuff, mm. but I I love it to the point where I remember you talking about it on our on the show, and um, I did a job a few days ago, and we were in it was for um, uh, netball. And uh, we're in like the, the building going to record it, and there were some mannequins. And I remember you saying about some dolls are haunted, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Well, did you know that?" <laughs> <laughs> but it is like I get scared of ev- like everything and anything, and I, I I just love that you're doing this. And have you I don't know like been freaked out, seen anything during the recording of this? Have you been so? I mean. No, not not for the cast things, but I, I'm so I'm well. Actually, when this goes out, I will be in Vegas, and I'm going to go to Zach Bagan's haunted museum in Vegas, and he has a few mm-hmm. cars there. Uh, he has a cult leader car. He has a a car. Well, it's actually a um, a Volkswagen bus that lots of um, murders happened in. Um, oh, wow. He's got all sorts of things. So I'm very excited to actually visit. How did you come about that? buying that? When do you go to like a police auction? And be like, oh, that's a nice yeah mm. Volkswagen camper. I guess some weird ready brown stuff on yeah, the floor. What's that? <laughs> I think he just has lots of connections because he's been doing ghost hunters for a long time. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Um, I have had experiences not directly with cars, but I would love to have an experience with a car just because I'm obsessed with them anyway. So, and you, you know, you open it up to the universe that it's going to happen. I'm not even going to look in the direction of John after what I've just said because I know he's shaking his head. head. Yeah, I I can feel this. Um, um, Actually, no, I'm going to ask you one other thing. What kind of things have you experienced? I love this. Then we'll go back to you. This is just going to make me seem even more obscure than I already am but um <laughs> so I so I've had I've had quite a few different things happening um w- my my ex ex ex-boyfriend <laughs> <laughs> worked in uh he worked in AV and he worked in um the Bethlehem Hotel which used to be Bedlam which was yeah. a very famous mm. insane asylum in London and his office was in the basement and I used to go in there and wait for him to finish work when I was working in London, and then we go out afterwards. So I was sitting in the basement, and he was off taking down some AV stuff. And in front of me, so I was reading a magazine, kind of, you know, sort of up a little bit, and someone walked in front of me, and I brought the magazine down. I was like, no one's down here, because he's upstairs and the other guy's somewhere else. And I looked, and there was nowhere you could walk to. So it looked like someone was walking through, like, a corridor in front of me, but it was just storage. There was nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. So that was a little bit spooky. And then another time, our neighbours had this... I know you're shaking your head. You're just like, this is ridiculous. No, no, you can I'm lapping this I up. I love the story. There you go. <laughs> uh, another time, so my friends across the road lived in a really, really old house thatched, built on a Roman road. It's haunted. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> just all the haunted stuff. And they used to go on holiday a lot and they would pay me to water the flowers and feed like the goldfish and the house and stuff. Nice. But every time I went in there that place just gave me the creeps and I felt like I was being watched. I felt like I was being followed. And it was quite dark because it had little windows and I used to go in there and water these, um, feed these fish, water the plants, and I would literally run back out again. 
And on one occasion, I borrowed a CD from the boy. He used to listen to Green Day. I was like, oh, I'll borrow that. Mm-hmm. Record it on a tape at home, which is very bad. And Showing also, your age. <laughs> <Showing> my age <laughs> massively. So there will be a large demographic oh, of was... our listeners going, record what, what, it on what a is tape. Yes. What? <laughs> Sellotape? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A cassette tape. <laughs> and um, obviously I was going to give it back afterwards. So the CD. My keys had disappeared completely. I normally came in, put them on the kitchen counter. They'd gone. I was like, oh my God, okay. Luckily, I lived in an old house and my key worked in their door. <laughs> Honestly, it was like proper old. And I thought, what am I going to do? They're going to get mad at me. I can't find the keys. Came back the next day. I'd recorded Dookie. That's how old this was. Right. Green Day Dookie. Yeah. Took it back, put it back. And then I went out to water the plants and the keys were in the middle of the garden on the rabbit hutch where I would never have put them. I did not put them there because I always put them on the side. I remember to lock the door when I go out. And it's as if I'd taken something from the house and then when I put it back, the keys reappeared. So that was... But not, and it, that place just oh, gave wow. me the creeps. Mm. Might have been the postman. The postman might have found them on the path and just thought, I'll put them on the rabbit hutch. Well, yeah, maybe, John, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but just, no. That's my idea. It's a rubbish I mean, idea. Fine. No. And then I've had dreams that have come true as well. Oh, this is so good. <laughs> I literally <laughs> laughed this up. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Right, well, forgive us, dear listener. We will yeah, get to cars sorry. at some point, but it is Halloween. And, you know, I mean, there will be a large proportion of people that are listening to this many months after it's gone out. And it, Halloween won't mean anything. But, hey... Who cares? Let's focus on it. Let's do ghosts and spooky stuff for a bit, because why not? Uh, Rachel, any ghost stories? Um, I, I, I feel like yes. Okay. I mean, I believe like any haunted house or anything. Yeah, I'm sure. I feel like I've seen things before. My dad, so he's the one that has seen. He gets really bad deja vu. My dad does. Mm. Like really bad. He'll get like physically ill. Oh my god. I mean, like I've been like I know like what. You know, I've had this conversation before. I know what's going to happen. I mean, I don't know how far I should go with this, but <laughs> my dad, like, has seen, like, aliens in the sky. Like, at where we live out in, well, my parents live, there's, like, no... John is like... <laughs> <laughs> don't get me wrong, the alien thing, I'm like, oh, dad, you're a bit crazy, aren't you? But, um, oh, God, yeah, he's seen all kinds of stuff. He saw, before my nan passed away, he saw our like, granddad... Um, who has died? Um, and oh, there's so many stories. My dad, I think he's very open to it all. Yeah, he has seen it. Mm. Um, and I do. I just I love getting scared. Yes. I absolutely love it. I love that. That's why I love Halloween. I, I get excited for it for ages. I've already got like decorations up in my flat because mm-hmm. I'm also a bit of a loser. Um, I've gone for an autumnal theme this year for Halloween. Um, it's appropriate. Um, yeah. I would ask you, John, if you've seen any ghosts. Uh, no, obviously I haven't. No. Do you, and no you don't believe in any of this. No. You could watch a horror film in a haunted house with a haunted car in a haunted car mm. in a haunted in a car. Cool, yeah put it put me in it yeah i i'm fascinated this this is the thing so i'm never going to i don't ever want to be like belittling to anyone that believes mm. in anything from ghosts to god but for me cuz for me i love the story of it and i think that's why mm. we like horror films and we love exploring these sorts of podcasts and tv shows and most haunted and all those sort of shows mm. that are on tv i love the idea of it i love the story of it 
but it's not real as far as I'm concerned. That's what that's yeah. that's where I'm at. And this is somebody that I you know I grew up in vicarages and you know, churches and graveyards. And if if there was ever going to be anything to see or feel or no, sense, you don't believe. Yeah, you're exactly, close to it. Yes. which proves the point, in my opinion, that what you're scared of is just something you're imagining. No, no, we're open to it. We're like a <laughs> right now, I want to say sentence. Go on. We're like a vessel. <laughs> That's not the word I'd use, but yeah. yeah. Oh, I should have been locked up years ago. Um, yeah, no. Would you ever do a Ouija board? Yeah, of course I would, because oh, it'd be nonsense. No. Yeah. Mm-mm. Put me, scared, find though. me the most haunted house in okay, the don't. world with haunted cars and spirits and p- people that have run out crying their eyes out because they're terrified. And I'll gladly, I'll sit there with a pot noodle all night long. I and really if I that. can, if I, if anything happens, I will be amazed. Okay, listen, th- that's recorded. <laughs> yeah. People that. So when I make the series, Cars of the Macabre, yep. you've literally just opened yourself I up will for be, an invitation. Yeah. I will be there as the arms folded sceptic that goes... You'll end up petrified. It was a moth. No. It was a speck of dust. No. It was Andy the sound man that walked past. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's... Yeah, uh, sign me up for it. Do you know, okay, so I'm going to have you both on the podcast, Carl and the Carb, and then I'm going to try and get you both on the series when I make it then. Fine. But I will be far away from the haunted house. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can watch on the monitor outside. I'll be in there with my feet up on the sofa, oh reading Are this week's to... auto car. No, you will be scared because I'm already quite scared. <laughs> <laughs> this is horrible. You're not scared at all. No. No, I'm far more scared of people that are alive than people that are dead. <laughs> yeah, I mean... That, <laughs> There's some real baddies in the world. That's kind of true. <laughs> yeah, but no, I'm yeah. sorry, but I reckon you will end up scared. Okay. You're not allowed the I'm, lights I'm on. I'm open to it. I'm open. Yeah, no, no, keep the lights off. Oh, yeah. Uh, the yeah. lights off, obviously, make a big difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the other thing as well. It's like, it's, why, is this, why is everything scary when the lights are off? When the lights are on, it's fine. Do you know why? Because your imagination's not piecing things together. You can see everything when the light's on. That's just my theory anyway. Well, we shall put that to the test. We yeah, shall. Done. I'm Boom. up for it. I'm definitely up for it. Challenge Watch set. this space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just see some like UK TV like uh, screenshot of my face sitting in a haunted, in inverted commas, house going. Oh, so annoying. I couldn't even. And this is like, um, one of the shows I used to work on was in a very, very modern building in central London. But there was like loads, I don't know how many floors, we'll say 12. Mm. And I don't know who said it, but they were like, oh, the 12th floor is haunted. Mm. So we're like, yeah, let's go up. As soon as the lift doors opened, I went back down again and left them up there. <laughs> that's I was like, I t- that's only because you would, t- I could tell you that this studio, Coventry Corner Space, is built on an old um, Roman burial ground that's haunted by dead children. But you're lying, right? How am I? I've left something outside. I See? To go. <laughs> See? But up until that point, there was no... That thought train didn't even exist. It's only because I told you. Nah. <laughs> I feel like this is going to be an ongoing I think so too. and I or think investigation. So too. Yeah. <laughs> done, 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 done. When, uh, when it came to like looking into the, the stories for the podcast, did you... Were you expecting to have like maybe five or six that then just suddenly turned into like 50? Was it a bit of a like a floodgates opening with this sort of stuff kind of and and also the, the different subject matter within cars with them carbs so as i mentioned there's the porsche um that james dean died mm. in um 
And the one that I mention a lot because it's probably the most well-known is the car that inspired the novel Christine by Stephen King, which is being re-released soon. And I was looking at that and found out that it was it was based on a real car and that the car still existed and mm. I know where it is and I know the lady who has it and just all this research there's so much more came from it mm. because it yeah. turns out she's got other haunted cars and mm. then you know it the fact that there might be something linked to that that's an urban legend so it just it literally branches out like a massive tree of scary car stories mm-hmm. And the fact that you've got the roads and you've got the the racetracks and things like that, mm. it's it's massive. There's just so much connected with cars. Yeah. That's amazing. It is there is definitely a fascination because we we've talked about this before on the podcast and bits on our radio show and it's just, you know, general chit chat conversation that I come up with as well. Is there's something very strange about the fact that a car, which is ultimately just an object, isn't it? It's a something we might use mm. every day for going to work. It might be um something we've saved up for. But it is effectively, especially cars that are a bit more special, there's something about them. It's like an extension of our own personality, isn't it? Like your little Z3, my Z3M, people that go out and buy cars that they've always wanted, it becomes almost part of their personality. So I guess it's a bit like an old watch or an old suit or maybe even an old house. When it comes to that being like something that a relative has had or someone very famous has had, there is some sort of strange atmospheric connection to it where you're like, oh, but that was, whether or not it's spiritual, it's it was significant to that person so massively. So therefore it's still special, which is, I think that in itself is fascinating. I always, I always find that when I see, you know, cars that have been owned by certain people or rock stars and that sort of stuff you see it and you think oh my god that was a car that they would have driven to do amazing sellout gigs in and yeah that sort of stuff I, th- I do think it's really cool but i think that's mm-hmm. where often it's at that point that either your imagination goes whoosh <laughs> ghosts or it goes it's cool because it's cool yeah yes no, I, I think I understand your madness, which makes us all feel My madness? <laughs> hey, nothing crazy about getting freaked out over nothing, over dead people. Um, but what, have you always wanted to create your own content like that? What, you know, is it something like years ago when you, because I know you started in, you've done fashion, mm-hmm. art, you do, we'll talk about all of that in, in a little while, but have you was your love of cars coming first or were you thinking I'd love to create something of your own? What, what came first? I've loved cars ever since I can remember. My dad and I used to watch Bond films. I mean, I mm. watched it for the cars. I think he probably watched it for the Bond girls and the cars, but that's all good. <laughs> We're okay with that. A, I mean, I understand. There's never been a memory without a car attached to it. And so I've just kind of grown grown up with them. But I think when you're at school, it's not that obvious what you can actually do in the mm. car industry mm. and all the different things you can connect it with. Mm. Um, so, you know, even when I was doing fashion and things like that, it, I was still always about my cars. And so I filmed filmed Goblin. I've done Motor Pickers, um, World's Greatest Cars. I'm Not Driving That With Ali A. So I've done quite a few car shows and I've written a few myself and it's quite difficult to get things made mm. because everyone's done something. It's already been done <laughs> yeah. five times. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's really hard to come up with something that hasn't sort of happened before. And I just thought, do you know what? This combines some really odd things mm. <laughs> that I really like. And mm. I did a short course in uh, 
parapsychology, I'm going to keep doing a more involved course. And just the fact that I could put all this together with the experience I've had with TV um, and, you know, be, be a producer on it as well. Because yeah. the whole point was I wanted to be behind it, behind mm. the research mm. and all of those things. And it's just taking it somewhere else. So first and foremost, it's a paranormal show. It just happens that the middle of all the stories is a car. Yeah. Um, and it's like you were saying, John, you know, pe- people spend so much time in their cars. Mm. They spend all their money, all their energy. Yeah. Cars are so important. So there's no reason why they wouldn't have a memory kind of imprinted on them or, yeah. you know, some energy left in there or whatever you would like to believe it yeah. is. <laughs> and I just thought, you know what? No one's done this. So I'm going to do it. Mm. <laughs> and there's more to it, I guess, from more than being just like somebody died in here or whatever mystical sad thing happened. Cause there's always going to be so much more to the story of that yes. car and that person that the, the kind of macabre bit is almost like, that could be just one chapter in this yeah. whole other world of history. Are there any cars that you were perhaps aware of, or even some that you didn't know much about that just completely made your mind explode with the kind of significance and history and stories behind it? I Again, coming back to the Golden Eagle, which was the inspiration for Christine, there were so many things linked to that car mm. that it's very, very difficult to argue it another way. I always try and look at a logical explanation mm. for things, Um and there just didn't seem to be anything that could explain the amount of deaths and the amount of tragedies that were linked right directly to that car. Mm. So that that really surprises me. And then some of the reports from Brooklands, you know, that pe- sightings and the fact that it was an RAF base beforehand, mm. there's sightings from there and there's tunnels under there. Wow. There's just, there's so much. And this country is, you know, I'm talking about American cars, but I was trying to concentrate in the UK, really, because we yeah. have so much history. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So much history. And so, you know, I really wanted to kind of shine a spotlight on on our country because a lot of the other ghost shows are in America. So mm. I've, I've tried to concentrate as much as I can yeah. on the UK, but I just wanted to start off with a few well-known stories and then, you know, kind of go into the more obscure, spooky UK ones. Are there any that perhaps were on your hit list or on your radar that then went, once you started doing some reading, you thought, actually... Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's like either inappropriate or a bit too recent. Anything like that that came up or cropped up? Oh, do you know what? There, there was a recent one which I was researching. It, it was a female serial killer, and it was oh, I can't remember the date, but it wasn't very long ago. It's maybe five, six years ago, mm. and I was because trying to locate cars that belong to people or things. Yeah. happened in these cars and um it showed pictures of of her car and although it wasn't a super modern car it, it was it was an it was sort of like a early 2000 astra but the fact it was a more modern car mm. i think was almost a little bit more spooky because it was so current yeah. and she had literally gone on this crime spree in this car just targeting random yeah, men yeah. whilst in this car so it was very much yeah. part of the whole crime but it None of it ceases to amaze me because there's just so much that you you know you com- combine information and kind of cross reference things mm. and it's just yeah it's endless the amount of stories that are out there that are just connected with cars yeah. racetracks roads you know so the whole like that as as an example you know serial killer that goes off does something bad gets into their car goes off does something bad gets into their car I love it. again I think about you know we've all done this we we you know, if we're at work. 
um, we've had a stressful day or we've gone to see family or some sort of life event. We might have gone to see a you know, family member being born or something like that. At the end of it all, we get back in our car, we close the door and we go, oh, and that yeah. becomes our little moment of, yeah. I'm back in my little safe space yeah. now, back in my box. And, you know, it's so easy to think that all of those things could happen with positives or at worst, a stressful day at work. And then you finally get back in the car after that horrible day and go, oh, at least I'm in my car. I can control this and I'm fine. To think that there is that, that real darker side to it as well, where somebody's gone out and done some really nasty things. And maybe that was their time getting back into the car, closing the door and going, what have I just done? It's... Or yeah. on on some occasions maybe I'm gonna do it again. You yeah, know, they yeah. carried on. So that was fun. I'll yeah. do it again. I'm gonna drive to the next town and see who I can pick <laughs> off there. Keep on going. Yeah. But I think with a show like like this, if you're not into cars, if you're not into racetracks, if you're not into motorsport, it doesn't matter because there's something for for everyone. And I think that's what makes a really good show. It's you you know you don't want it just to be targeted at one specific audience. I know so many people that would go watch it just for the paranormal side yeah, yeah. exactly um, and again maybe for the, the the car side of thing that intrigue it's yeah I, I lo- honestly I am inside <laughs> doing flips over this oh, I'm, so, I'm glad and everyone I've spoken to about it you know before I actually said right I'm gonna write this like I've, I've written episodes to the minute you know yeah and I was telling a few different people and People who I wouldn't think like would like it were mm. like, oh my god, this is really interesting. Yeah, yeah. And I think actually more people are interested in true crime and paranormal than like to let on. But oh, now I, there I are completely s- agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah. are so many shows now, you know, podcasts and TV shows and shows online that I feel like people can say, no, I do find this interesting. Mm. It's okay that I find this interesting. And you know, like I said on on the radio show, if dolls can be haunted, and I've <laughs> been in a room full of haunted dolls at the Nottingham um, the Haunted Museum in Nottingham mm-hmm. and I had to leave seriously twice because I felt so nauseous it was horrendous I'm going to go to the Haunted Museum I'm writing it down do it no you should Haunted Museum in Nottingham Haunted Museum I've in Nottingham I've got like a mini headache over, over fear for that museum yeah should we both go uh, oh if you go you've got to take me back with you alright well all three of us will Records. go yeah. oh my god so you know it, and there's just there's paranormal it, well, it's such a massive field and it's associated with everything. And like you say, it is more about paranormal and true crime. Mm. But then the fact that, you know, car people can watch it and think, you know, yeah. can happen to their cars too. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. And did you enjoy the process of writing? You said that you don't think down to the minute. Did you enjoy that process of being the producer, being the writer, being the creator? I really loved it. Yeah. I absolutely loved it because I knew what I wanted to create in my head and just the fact that I searched everywhere and really you know some podcasts and shows touch on car stories especially Mm. the the more well-known ones but no one's done it as a completely concentrated idea and just the more I was finding out I was just thinking this is so fabulous and just you know cross-referencing the stories and dates and Mm. looking into the history you know as much as anything oh I just absolutely loved it because I have, I've got this vision and it's just it's kind of working out nicely. So. That's so exciting. I can also <laughs> see is. a book in there and on the horizon somewhere as well. I think there's there's a, definitely a book to be written. Yeah. I swear I've got the biggest plan for this because I would also like a haunted car museum as well. Really? So I honestly I can't like my oh, mind wow. it just goes and goes and goes with this. And it you know you could could do it in the UK 
could do it in Europe, could do it in America. There's just endless stories. There's a market for it everywhere. Yeah, yeah. there really is. Imagine being that person um, for your car museum or for the doll, haunted doll museum. The last person <laughs> in the building that has to turn off all the lights. Yeah. That honestly, I've done a wife keep looking at John because he's like, yeah, right, I could do turn that. the light on. Yeah, yeah you <laughs> yeah. could do that. Okay, we've got it. The, well, the thing is, there will be a security guard or somebody that locks up, and I, I bet they'll be like, yeah, just. They they do um, document that on um, so in the haunted museum in Nottingham mm. they have the CCTV footage and they have documented things happening. If you go on their social media on Instagram, it's really interesting. Mm. And when I was there and I, I sort of said about the doll room, yeah. I said yeah, people do feel a bit sick in there. And then there was this other sort of like corridor with various different sort of things in it. And there was a cabinet with a Dybbuk box in it and a Dybbuk box. Is um, it's related to a Jewish demon, uh-huh. and it sort of encapsulates it and is allegedly stops it getting out anywhere. So it's captured in there, a bit like Ghostbusters box. Yeah, you know. Don't tell me somebody opened the box. No, oh. I would literally leave the country if that happened. <laughs> but uh, so it's just in this glass case, and I walk past it because I'm so into it. I was there with my cousin, and we were reading every little bit of written information there was. We were in there for hours, mm. and I was trying to read the information. I felt so ill and I felt like somebody had given me like five Valiums I had to walk away from it and as soon as I walked away from it I was fine and I said to the manager I was like do you have anything weird happen with that particular Dybbuk box because they've got three in there two or three and he said yeah the staff won't walk next to it they actually cross over the other side of the corridor and walk away from it because it makes everybody feel sick wow I would love you to feel sick, John Markar next to that. Box. I'm up for it. You should go. Oh, let's do it. I'm yeah, gonna make. I'm gonna take you. We'll go and we'll see what happens. <laughs> It'll be worth it for the the Instagram stories alone. <laughs> I think I'd be crying. <laughs> and I'd just be sitting outside waiting to go in. I'd be it's weeping. Me, me standing, arms folded in the middle of the room. Rach in cardiac arrest at the back. <laughs> and Helen throwing up. Both sick, both weeping, blubbing. Oh my god, I would have been state. Well, um, look out for that coming soon (laughs) (laughs) to uh, some sort of uh, podcast or YouTube or television outlet sometime soon. Yeah, Yeah, we'll definitely do that. Let's jump to a quick advert break. I like doing this now because it means that it makes my job of editing the adverts in very easy. Um, So we're going to jump to a very quick break, but then we'll come straight back. to us it's going to feel like no time at all to you dear listener you'll probably hear a couple of adverts and then we'll be back the driven chat podcast in association with paramex digital flexibility is great that's why there's yoga flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too that's why there's united healthcare insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company united healthcare insurance plans offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for medical vision dental and more One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. And we're back. Happy Halloween, dear listener. <laughs> um, well, I think we should park the uh, the, the haunted ghost Halloween spooky, spooky ghosty. I mean, we'll probably come back to it somehow. We, yeah. we we always do. We end up going full circle. Um, I want to explore the uh, the love of cars bit. We almost. We almost got there, and then we somehow went back to ghosts again. <laughs> but the um, the Bond car story is a really good one, isn't it? Because that, for a lot of people, is a great introduction to cars. And yeah. I, again, as a I'm a you know, big Bond fan as well, mm-hmm. and the cars are such a vital part of it. So can you can you remember the the first one or two films that you went to see and what the cars were? I, the one that stuck in my mind the most was The Lotus Esprit. Oh, right, yeah. And I think the fact, because I was a kid and it went yeah. underwater, and I was like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> and I've, you know, I, I do love Lotus, a big fan of Lotus, and I just think that is such a beautiful car. It is, yeah. But, and then the Z3 was a Bond car, so it wasn't was. It? it was. It was. In um, Goldeneye, I think. Uh, yeah, I think it was Goldeneye. Yeah. Yeah, oh my gosh, that's alarmingly long ago, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know, there's just, I think it's the the way they're driven, you know, it's even yeah. the bad guys' cars, it's just cars in films, it just kind of, they're cool anyway, but it just elevates them even more, doesn't it? Yeah. Did yeah. your friends at school or anything like that, the um, other girls, could they relate to you on that? Because not to go down the road of, you know, it's, it's quite rare for a, a young girl to be like really into cars. I would have said, like when I was younger, I, it just wasn't something. Yeah, thinking about it, I don't remember many other people being into cars like I was. I had a few of my friends. We used to kind of try and make things and stick wheels on everything. <laughs> I was always trying to stick wheels on everything. Um, and I did. My dad had uh, this van, and I was trying to convince him that we should chop the roof on it. And he was like, mm. no, because then I can't use it. It's <laughs> <That's> ridiculous. <laughs> but no, I don't remember until I was kind of driving and other people had cars and then yeah. you, you meet other people that love cars. But before that, I don't remember sharing that with many other friends. Mm. It was just, it was mainly my dad. Yeah. 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 And I suppose as well, career-wise, you love cars, but it's not like something you think, oh, I can have a job loving cars. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, like, when did you revisit this passion for cars? Or was it just a natural, you know, you went from fashion to then, yeah, how, how did it actually happen? I, I think it was kind of like a weird natural progression because I was I was freelancing at the time and I'd been writing a blog when people still did blogs for 10 years. So I kind of... Good old got, WordPress. Good old WordPress. <laughs> I got on that sort of social media bandwagon quite early on. Mm. Um and then, you know, I just thought, well, maybe there's something in this that we could do with cars. And a lot of it came from Fast and Loud. I've watched that yeah, from the yeah. beginning. Ah. And I just thought, why are we not doing that kind of thing over yeah. here? Yeah. And all the car shows I used to go to just seemed a little bit sleepy. Yeah. And I thought, well, do you know what? I'm going to take all my kind of 
knowledge of branding and designers mm. and, and fashion houses and all of that stuff and marketing and um, throw it at cars. And so through social, social media, I got, um, sorry, I got a car, you know, one of the cars that I'd built with my then partner into all the magazines, all over social media. And it, it literally, that just sparked it. Oh, wow. That was kind of the, the catalyst. But it was quite a natural, yeah. like, hmm, I wonder what would happen if I do this. Mm. See, that's great, because then you don't have the pressure on, this has to work. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, to, I, to be fair, I did leave, like, a really well-paid job <laughs> in fashion. Work. But, you know, there we go. I love cars a lot more, so... That's a common, uh, it's a common thing that we've mm-hmm. had a few times. That various aspects of the automotive industry, from car design to... Uh, events and things or just kind of wanting to get a, a bit of a taster into media there are a lot of stories where people have said yeah I, 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 did, I was actually earning quite a lot of money doing yeah. quite a mundane normal job and then I decided to pack it all in and have a go at doing cars for a bit it, it's yeah, one of those yeah. things I like to remind people as often as possible that many of us aren't in it for the money no, <laughs> you yeah. know we very 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 few of uh, of us in, that work in the automotive space specifically um, get paid very well <laughs> um, but it, it's a passion thing isn't it it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things where in a sense I, I always feel very privileged that I get to fill the vast majority of my working week with an interest in cars whether that's my own or somebody else's or just researching stories or writing about cars and it, it's it's quite an unusual thing to have your vocation based around something you're really genuinely passionate Mm. about and it's interesting that you come from the fashion background because I often use that as a comparison whilst we can get you know passionate about wanting to have nice clothes or following on from certain trends I don't know if the passion level is quite the same as it is with these bizarre metal boxes on wheels it's really strange isn't it how they evoke such emotion Mm -hmm. in us and I can't think of any other industry where it's as prominent as that. Maybe sport in some aspects, but again, those of us that get to work in that field and then also get up close and personal to the sports that we're following, it, it's not as common as having the ability to just go and drive a car or go visit a circuit or watch a race or something like that. I think it's it's really special. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And uh, you know, cars really are a very central point in popular culture. Mm. And the fact that anyone can go out and participate, no matter what you know their age, knowledge, gender, budget, whatever it is, yeah. and, and whatever guise they want to do it in, is just it's so far-reaching. Yeah, cars so true. and the passion for it. And you know, I so I'm obsessed with pop art. I used to study it when I was at school. And there's an artist called James Rosenquist, amazing pop artist. And he was obsessed with cars. So there's a lot of, you know, little snippets of cars in his work. And the more you look at things, you know, whether it's album covers, architecture, Mm. there's so many links. You know, the guy who designed the Lamborghini Huracan, he had a um, degree in uh, architecture. Right. So, you know, there's just all these links that just pull everything back into the car industry. Yeah. But also that's a really nice way to get, more people, younger people, mm. just a wide audience involved in the car industry because it's not as cut and dry as sometimes mm. it's kind of made to be. That's yeah. so true because sometimes you probably think, well, I might love this, but what do I do in this in this world, in yeah. this environment, in this field? What job is for me? Do I have to be have a certain education? Do I have to have this or that? It's, yeah, broadening our minds to know what is available out there within the car world. 
Does that mean you... Like, what's your view on, like, things like motorsport? Because I know it doesn't go hand in hand. Because I would have said, and I probably still do, I'm not necessarily... I'm, I love motorsport. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily a car lover. Okay. Um, and I don't know... Yeah, but I think with me, that's probably because I would always... Like, we didn't have, like... I think my mum and dad's first car, I think, probably like a little mini. We didn't have, like, nice cars growing up. So I think without realising it... I always thought if I saw like a nice supercar or something like that, not to like it because that's affluent and that's something mm. that's not, that's out of my reach. So I think with me, that's why I've always kind of said straight away, I'm not a car lover mm. because it always felt slightly out of my reach. So yeah, that's why, I mean, I love motorsport anyway, but that's why I would always say I'm not a car lover. Do you find that maybe some people feel the same, that certain, certain cars aren't? For everyone to buy and it might put them off yeah you're right and you know that with with the supercars and things like that you know lots of people dream of having a supercar but you you know my so the little Z that I just bought was five thousand pounds the one I had before that albeit rotten was <laughs> um I think I paid fourteen hundred pounds you know you can get yeah. into the classic cars and future classic cars and modern classics so easily because if you're going to buy a car anyway Mm. you know just if you're a car person sort of divert it in the right way so it could be an investment or Mm. you could add bits to it and yeah I think I think some of it is a bit out of reach but then there's just so many little kind of subdivisions within Mm. the car industry that everyone can relate to you know whether it's everyone loving motorsport I love motorsport as well like literally anything cars Mm. I love that I love it yeah anything on wheels yeah exactly and bikes as well um bikes are okay yeah I do like bikes they're interesting but I I just love cars so much they just take up my brain space (laughs) (laughs) I think it's the 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 love of cars is an such an interesting and such a diverse subject to talk about because there's so many layers to it and I often find I get the whole you know aspirational big money car thing I I as somebody again I I wasn't brought up with you know a family with loads of money where we had exciting cars but for me it was things like like a classic mini funnily enough that Mm -hmm. would invoke stories and opportunities and you know my my oldest memory with cars is my mum had a chocolate brown Ford Cortina. Now, that is not a glamorous car by any stretch of the imagination. But I was obsessed with that car. I was absolutely... I have memories of me. I was small enough to stand up behind the driver's seat and stand without my head hitting the roof because I was so tiny. I was a toddler. And and it's so strange that cars that, to the masses, just wouldn't be that interesting at all. That is just an old brown banger, effectively, mm. like my grandma's old banger of a Mini and my other nan having a, a Mark One Ford Fiesta. Again, these aren't exciting cars, but I don't know what it was. There's just something, to me, the car was taking us somewhere. Like at the weekend, we'd be going to the beach or we'd be going on an adventure or we'd be going to see family and cousins. And because of that, the car became this almost like, without the car, we don't get to do the fun stuff. So mm-hmm. suddenly it comes to life. So for me, I will always get more excited, or more often than not, over the kind of the ropey old banger, the old family car, than I would about the amazing Chiron, you know, four million pound hypercar or mega car. I think there's the new term that people are coming out with for the really, really, really fast stuff. And 
yeah, it's a it's a really interesting one because mm. I don't feel like to have a real love for cars, it doesn't need to be based on the mm. the glitzy, glamorous, yeah. wonderful stuff. It can just be something that got you somewhere once. And yeah, yeah, it's a it is a funny one. I mean, you know, think of the cars that we own now, and you think to a lot of people, they're just old BMWs. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> we're obsessed fun. with them. But there's something very cool about them, and it's yeah, yeah it's the stories that come from these cars that yeah. make them so special. That's it. And, and as you said before about cars being an extension of your personality mm. a lot of the time and, you know, the fact that you make so many memories in them, even if you're not consciously a car person, yeah, you've had so many memories or you've done so many things because of that car. It's taken you places, you know, yeah. even if it's just being in it, listening to music or going through a drive through, like we wouldn't do any of that stuff if you no. didn't have that car. So everyone's a car person. They just don't realise it. That's it. I, I think like you're absolutely that. right. I really like that. I think you're absolutely yeah. right. And again, you know, a bit like we said before, earlier before the break, we were talking about how the car can be that kind of moment of relief, can't it? Of I've had a stressful day, therefore yeah. I'm in the car. Well, it can also be a place for celebration, to reflect on really happy memories. You know, you think back to first dates you might have gone on with your partner and you've driven home in that car and suddenly, or, you know, if people have been you know, fortunate to have little ones. You think about the car that you drove your baby home from hospital in and all that sort of stuff. And again, often they're not, they're not amazing, glamorous mm. cars, but suddenly that car, that box on wheels that was once in a showroom full of other identical boxes on wheels, that's got a story and that, that means something. And I think that's it. I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Helen. It's, we are all car people. We just, not all of us have figured it out yet. And I'd like to see the day when Rachel Downey goes, oh, my God, I love cars. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's true because, like, when I mentioned, oh, you know, my mum had like, the little gold mini, you do remember your, for me, I remember your brother, your sister. Like, you remember, yeah, going on holidays, doing this, doing that, the noise. Um, I think at one point they had, yeah, a loud banger of a car that would embarrass us and you could hear it coming down the street when we <laughs> up from school. But... It does like, invoke those feelings and those memories. So I'd love to put yeah. you in a classic mini, ideally a gold one, yeah. just to sit you in it and see if that creates some sort of immersive. Because <laughs> the smells, of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> have a breakdown. <laughs> the first one of the week. Because <laughs> it's yeah. you know that happens as well. You know, I I still occasionally I'll see cars that have had a significance mm. as a, like a family car or something something from my childhood, and it's and it can. They can really evoke like real strong emotion, can't yeah. they? Just just by this box on wheels and all the emotion and the yeah. the kind of reaction to it. That's all just in us. That's our own memory and imagination and everything else piecing it together. To to somebody else, it might, it means nothing. It is just mm -hmm. a brown Cortina, but yet it can bring out these amazing feelings, like music and like houses. And yeah, mm -hmm. it's a it's a powerful thing. It definitely is. If money was no object. This goes against everything we've just said. <laughs> what car would you get? If money was no object and I could literally have any car any I wanted, car at all. it would be um, the BMW M1 Pro car painted by Andy Warhol. Oh, <gasps> good choice. Oh, wow. you literally straight on it. To yeah. be yeah. specific. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> absolute car. Yeah. Oh, wow. And the thing is, you know, hopefully one... No, not hopefully. One day yes. I will have a BMW M1 mm. and they're not, you know, there's other cars that are more expensive, but to me it's not about that. It's yeah. about the history of them and the fact mm. that, you know, that they're Le Mans cars and they're beautiful. And yeah, yeah. it was, um, so we recently did a, a like celebration of 50 years with BMW M and the M1 was, 
included in that list. And I was doing a bit of research. There were a lot of cars to talk about. So I was trying to kind of rush through without getting too in-depth into each car. I wanted to get some like highlight stats. And the M1, I've always loved it. It's always been that kind of on the radar as an amazing car. But once I started reading about it and you read that the design was signed off by Gordini, the man that signed off the Lamborghini Countach yeah. and other cars of that era. And the fact that it was, I'm sure it was like, hundred thousand pounds more than the ferrari at the time or the in modern day equivalent value it was yep. something like it was it was a lot of money uh 30 or 40 grand when it was new which in today's money is like 250 300 thousand pounds mm-hmm. going out buying a car which was just stratospherically more than anything else comparable and yet it had a bmw badge it wasn't a ferrari it wasn't a lamborghini it wasn't some sort of beautifully designed maserati supercar it was just a bmw but yet that car was such an iconic car in uh, in Le Mans and in endurance racing and it went mm-hmm. on to yeah, as you say the pro car series which was just amazing if anyone's got some time to kill and they want to watch some historic racing on YouTube look at the BMW M1 pro car stuff on YouTube it is incredible <laughs> incredible the Formula 1 drivers of the era so imagine this oh. in the modern day race you've got every single Formula 1 driver on the grid that's about to drive for Red Bull and Mercedes and whoever it is, whichever team. But before they get into their F1 cars, they all get into an identical BMW supercar and race that first, do that race, and then they get into their F1 car and do that race. (laughs) Could you imagine that today? Oh, my gosh. But these races, they're all on YouTube, and you will lose hours. I apologise if anyone's got work to do today, and you're about to lose hours of it by watching BMW Pro Car on YouTube. It's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. It's a good choice. Thank you. Yeah. I knew you'd appreciate that. Oh, yeah. 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 Where did the BMW love come from? Is that? Do you think that might be Bond? Or... My dad. <laughs> so when I was learning to drive, I had a Mark III Fiesta, which I loved a bit. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. Limited edition, Sunray, had a spoiler, fog lamps on the front that didn't work, stickers on the side. <laughs> it was the best. And he had a BMW 3 Series. Uh, it would have been the E36. Yeah. And whilst I was still learning to drive, he let me drive that. Oh. And I'd, oh, wow. so I'd come from like a, a one litre <laughs> and then got in his car. And I, I put my foot down a little bit and it just went. And I was like, oh my God, I'm in love. <laughs> <laughs> and since then, I've always said I would like a BMW. Yeah. But I've always been thinking, oh, it's kind of beyond my means. But yeah, they're yeah. not because no. there's so many classics, future classics, modern classics you can buy now. Yeah. And it, I don't know, there's just something about BMWs. It's yeah. It's become a sickness. <laughs> <laughs> and on the, it's on a the, good sickness. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I yeah. agree. On the flip side, are there any cars or like brands of car where you, you just don't get the hype? I'm always interested to try and explore that other angle as well. Quite, um, this is going to be really controversial, but just quite a lot of supercars people have. Yeah, to be honest, no, because funny. and anything with an an automatic gearbox, uh-huh. I that literally makes me gag. Really? Yeah, I don't understand it. I only ever want to drive a manual. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So, uh, so supercars are amazing and beautiful and wonderful, but I think really modern things, you don't drive them so much as they drive you. I yeah. like to drive a car properly yeah. and, you know, go through the gears and feel like I'm on a racetrack. That's good. Does that make sense? It does. It's 100% makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I was going to I was going to say well, what about like the really good like PDK Porsche stuff, but I guess that then falls into that category of supercar mm. have you had a go like no i mean i've driven i have driven a few supercars and i i loved it it yeah. was fantastic 
but my real love is driving yeah. some, something else, you know. Yeah, yeah. Still, a, still a nice car, but just something that I've added to and, you know, I've changed that. the suspension yeah. or it's yeah. been, I'm going to save up and get mine supercharged. And yeah. I don't know, there's just, I feel more involved in them. Yeah. I mean, if anybody wants me to drive a supercar, I will do it. You know, yeah. I will. Uh, please convince me otherwise. But it's not that I don't love them because obviously if I had a load of money, I would have supercars. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. my favourite things to drive are those that are, you know, you really got to drive them. Engaging. Yeah. yeah. Now, I know that there is a particular topic that brings out a animated side to you. And I, I think it's worth exploring. And that is that um, hot topic of EVs. <sighs> So like poking the bear with this. Oh, I, I love know. this already. I know. But but I, I the reason I want to bring it up is because I think that you have a very brilliant opinion on them and a thought train along them, which a lot of people still to this point aren't really allowing themselves to consider. Yeah. And that is and of, of which I'm in agreement with you, that they're not quite the silver bullet that mm. many people still believe they they should be to save the world of cars mm. and to save the world, quite crucially. No, they're um, not at all. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, so I'm going to get really annoyed now. No, no, <laughs> you know, I was about to say that. Straight away, you're like, mm-hmm. That, that's, it's, I don't have an annoyance with EV. Mm. I think that's great. Like, it's amazing what people have achieved with these cars. But it's not the answer to saving the world no. at all. It's just an alternative to petrol diesel hydrogen whatever else it's you know if you want that instant torque if you want a different driving experience like that drive an ev mm. if you want no power steering brakes that maybe work <laughs> drive one of my cars do you know what i mean yeah, it's just yeah. but but it's not environmentally i think it was just a very easy thing for the government to say yeah. this is the answer and it's something everybody should tick the box and go, oh, I feel better about life now. But then no one did any research into the actual carbon footprint of these mm. vehicles, mm. Um, you know, the, the lithium mines and things like that, and then also the disposal of batteries and things afterwards. And I know there will be solutions to it, but as many people have said, it's far better to the environment to drive an older car that has already it's already done its carbon footprint yeah from the manufacturing yeah. from manufacturing so it's already it's done that and just keep it going yep it you know if i think it's um don't quote me on this but i believe if you drive a classic car for a thousand miles it's got the same footprint as a mobile phone or a laptop or an ipad Yes. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. So when yeah. you, you know, I, and I think the whole thing is just about putting things in perspective. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I think EV is amazing and it's just so incredible what they can achieve. Mm. But it's an alternative to. Yeah. Rather than an answer for something. And I just think everybody was too ready to jump on the bandwagon and just make it look like they were doing their thing mm. um, for the environment. But there are other ways that are much better and i'm i feel like i'm doing a better job by driving an old car and keeping it going because i'll have that car forever yeah exactly exactly and i think that it's it's something i always like to bring up and we've mentioned it on the radio show a few times as well because of course it's important that there with a a a huge demographic of listeners who perhaps aren't car centric people you know people that listen to our podcasts all of you wonderful people hello um you're all here because you love cars or because you love helen perhaps in this episode. <laughs> um, or Halloween. Or yes. Halloween. <laughs> yeah. You've been drawn in by my slightly clickbait title. Um, 
<laughs> but it's it, it is important that people realize that there is you know it's so important to actually do the research if you're buying an ev because you want to save the planet chances are the best thing you can do is not buy an ev and yeah. for a lot of people that is such a difficult thing to get their head around because of course mm. we t- we see the adverts and we see the stats and we go oh look this car this car produces zero emissions out of its exhaust by driving it every day well yes that, that may be the case but it has taken 60 tons of carbon dioxide to make your car whereas if it was a petrol version it might only be 20 tons and if it's a car from 1999 then it may be only used six or seven tons to be made of carbon dioxide and in that case that is always going to be the better option the older car where the carbon's been spent in being built and it produces 0.2 percent of co2 emissions by driving it every weekend for a year it's exactly it is a bizarre and like you say Helen it's this this almost like everyone's kind of stamping their feet going no this is what we need to do because everyone else is doing it so we're going to do it as well and it's good it's good it's green green is good and it's like well yeah yeah no I get the the ethos I get the I get why you're passionate about it but it is worth doing the research it really is it is and it always amazes me how people can be told something and they go okay yeah that's it that's yeah. gospel yeah. I believe I mean, that yeah, now that, yeah and but the thing is if you think about EV as another you know you might like to drive a 4x4. You might like to drive, mm. you know, some sort of, like, cruiser. Or you could drive an EV. It, it's it's just an alternative to. Mm. As in a type, different type of car. It's definitely not... It's not the environmental answer. No. Don't you find it's a bit of a dirty word or a dirty thing to say when you go against... Honestly, I don't care anymore. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, I didn't speak up about it in the beginning. And I know people who have tried to do it on social media and they've been absolutely berated. Mm. But there's so much information out there now saying, come on, guys, like, just open your eyes a literally bit. open your eyes. Yeah. Open your phone. Just do some yeah, research. Yeah, yeah. It's fine if you want to drive an EV, but don't say you're doing it for the environment because no. then that's absolute rubbish. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the, the the one thing that still really alarms me, and this isn't a let's have a bash on EVs because it's no, not, not as all. you say, but it's the um, things like the, the mining of the cobalt and the lithium and various other yeah. things. And yes, okay, I get it that batteries are going to last a lot longer than we're used to if we're comparing it to mobile phones and laptops, that sort of stuff. But still, the process of mining still needs to happen for the construction of all these batteries. And there is not one car manufacturer in the world from Dacia through to Mercedes-Benz that can tell you where their lithium and cobalt has come from because it all comes through a central market system. Mm -hmm. So we cannot know whether your cobalt or lithium in your car battery has been mined in an ethical mine where Mm -hmm. people's living standards and, and, and safety and health is a priority or if it's come from somewhere that is completely against that and is unethical and where people are losing their lives and people are coming out with all sorts of really terrible diseases and and defamations because of what they're doing because of what they're being told to go and do and and i think that is above all you know when it comes to the the quality of life for our fellow human beings nothing can take priority over that you know we can't sit there going but i'm saving the world because there's so much more to it that we need to look into but the thing is, people don't want to know the truth. That's the problem. No. That it, yeah. you know, if you show them what's right. actually happening, they're like, "Oh no, I just want to shut my eyes." It's too and, much, mm. too real. Yeah, yeah. 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 which yeah. I, I get it. It's stressful, but I just think people should be informed. The same as you would be informed if you bought any type of car. You know, yeah. whether you wanted yeah. diesel, petrol, yeah, yeah, yeah. EV, whether you wanted 
you know, something to go off-road or you wanted something to go on the track. It's mm. the same consideration. And like you said, it's not bashing EV because I just think the technology is incredible. Yeah. Mm. But it's not the answer to saving the world. No. So what do you think is? How are you feeling about things like synthetic fuel? I'm quite excited about that. And I would definitely like to find out more about it. I was excited about hydrogen as well. Mm. Um, it will be interesting to see where it goes. And... You know, but I'm still going to be driving my Z3, so, you know, yeah. and my E30. I love that. Yeah. They can't force... They can, can't they? What? For everyone to go EVs. No. So there's no... because no... petrol's always going to be available. We've yeah. We've got 100,000 years worth of crude oil still in the ground. And not everyone can afford as well to no, go exactly. out and buy a new... Well, that's it. Or an old yeah. EV. Yeah. That's well, it. also, the infrastructure's not there. If everybody no. drove, drove an EV, I think we're going to a Yeah, that's right. Bit. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, oh I'm sure, I can't remember yeah. the... How do I charge it? it? it out. Yeah. If every single road user in the country right now went and bought an EV, then mm-hmm. the electric grid would just collapse. Yeah. Because it wouldn't be able to cope. Wow, yeah, of course. Because we'd be asking too much of it but yeah it's a fascinating time isn't it at the moment for cars it is i I am glad other people are kind of speaking out Mm. and it's not against it it's just kind of telling people to do their research and inform themselves because a car is a massive cost yeah yeah it's a it's a really big thing you know to buy a new car um and i just think you know people really easily believe easily believe that it's it's the answer to environmental issues because that's what they're told but Mm. i just think people need to do more research just inform themselves and make informed decisions and then go and buy um a classic car (laughs) 1997 bmw (laughs) easy peasy problem solved job done job done yeah job jobbed so let's remind people your podcast when when can they can they listen now is it out so seeing as it's halloween yes you will be able to at least listen to one episode. Oh my god! And that's on all the places you get your podcasts. Hey. So Spotify, I listen to, but it could be Apple, could be anything. There you go. Go and find it yeah. once you finish listening to this podcast. Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Don't finished. go pause in this one and come no, back no, to it. No. It's you know. Are you nervous about your show, the podcast coming out? Are you? How do you feel about it? Because I guess it's something you're very well. Obviously, it's something you're very passionate about. So all of a sudden, it's yeah. quite a personal thing. I, I'm quite used to annoying people with goblin <laughs> because we divided opinions with the cars that we built and designed and i just think this is just another yeah. reason for me to annoy people <laughs> to build controversy, <laughs> to build controversy. <laughs> and the thing is even the people who don't believe it the stories i've told them yeah. they're still interested in them yeah. and you know it's just it's just something else to think about isn't it definitely yeah definitely yeah <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm really hoping the whole like the TV thing happens as well because I think I think surely people are going to lap that up. Yeah, you know, definitely. Yeah, it's gonna be, I so, think so. Who do we need? To, who do we need to poke? Discovery or? Yeah, we could poke. You could poke Discovery if you like. Let's poke Discovery. Yeah, you like go for it, John. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> go for that. But it's true. Like, I like going, when I um, go to bed to relax. I love watching kind of crime programs. Yeah, Who Done It or. You know, thriller. I love all that. But that's your yeah. switch off, is it? You, yeah. To relax, you want to see somebody. I love Jeffrey Dahmer. I know. Oh, I'm watching yeah. that. I mean, it was quite sexy. Not, not as Jeffrey Dahmer, the actor. 
The actor. Oh, right. Okay. Evan Peters. Yes. Yes. I thought we were Not about Dharma. to experience a whole new, like, <laughs> world Together of attraction. Straight away, very, very quickly. <laughs> what is your type? Well, somebody that takes out people's internal organs and injects their brain with saline. Yeah. That, just, that tends to do it to for me. Like that. Yeah. Love it. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah. So, yeah, it'll def- it's, it's something everyone, whatever their tastes, will enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That's all right. Yeah. And it's on Halloween, so that's perfect. Exactly. Which is today. Yeah. Unless you're listening in the future, and it's not. Every day is Halloween for me, I'm just going to say. Every, Every day. day is Halloween. Yeah. I do. Do you know what? Very, very quickly, I remember, I think I was dating my aunt, who now husband, for about a month, and it was Halloween. I was like, yeah, come over. Just come round. I was still living with my parents, because I've been with him a long time. And um, he just was a normal, normal day. I opened the door dressed as a witch. <laughs> he was like, what? I was like, hi, yeah, just come in. And I remember so we were just chilling, watching TV, me dressed as a full-blown witch in this normal. I remember that. Please tell me it was like the 12th of October or something as well. It wasn't even remotely near to Halloween. It would be hilarious if that was the case. Yeah, he still, you know, went on He around. stuck around. Yeah, he got work crazy then, fool. Yeah. <laughs> That's the secret. If you're wondering why your dating life isn't working out, dress as a witch. <laughs> More, more love and dating advice yeah. maybe on next week's episode. <laughs> we must very quickly as well, before we wrap up, talk about your art because you mentioned mm. it. You dropped that little lovely golden nugget of it. It is brilliant. Yeah. Thank you. And I want people that are listening who love automotive arts and love a bit of pop art and love just general creativity on the whole to get the opportunity to go and experience it. So where can people go to see your wonderful work? So I always put my artwork on my Instagram, which is Helen Stanley Official. I've got a link to that. Um, to my website on that which is helenstanleyofficial.com <laughs> I've got an exhibition in January which is going to be in East London for three months oh, nice. um, at, I think I don't know if I'm saying this right the Bodolph building it's in the reception there's going to be a car in there oh, there's going to be my artwork other artwork in there and then I think so I just filmed the third series of Motor Picker, so that will be out around January-ish Great. I think anyway so yeah website Instagram, Helen Stanley Official. Brilliant. Go and look at that yeah, artwork. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's probably worth mentioning as well. Again, we've kind of got right to the very end and we've <laughs> completely more. forgotten to talk about Motor Pickers. Yes. Which is your current television show with the debatably lovely Paul Cowland. He is, and do you know what? He's a sceptic as well. Great. Yes. Oh, wasn't it? Two of them. Paul and I... Uh, with you two yeah, in a yeah. haunted museum. Oh my god, we have to do that. <laughs> tell you something, my heart goes. I will let you down. You do know this. Like, I will Sorry. be the crying like wreck. It's okay, I've got you. Okay, okay. <laughs> Me and Paul just tutting. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Oh, so I tell Paul ghost stories all the time, and he just looks at me like. Crazy. What are you talking about? <laughs> but yeah, so the third series has been so much fun. We've had a real mixture of vehicles, mm. a real mixture of people. I just love filming that. It's yeah. honestly, it ends and we're so sad because we just want to film all the time. But yeah, it's like if you like location, 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 it's like that for the cars. Yeah. Perfect. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Job done. Job done. And that's going to, yeah, that'll be on Quest and it'll be on Discovery Plus. Yeah. And if you want to watch the existing series, they're all on Discovery Plus. They are, yes. Which is good. Go yeah. and fill your free time with Helen Stanley's face. Oh God. <laughs> Poor people. I was wondering where you were going with that. You went there. You went there. Yeah. You didn't yeah. go back. Her and her artwork and various other things. And the podcast, of course. 
So you must have no time free. I literally do not do anything else other than cars, 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 cars. <laughs> and then I might have a little bit of time to draw, then cars, cars, cars. Do you love being that busy? Yeah. Yeah, I really do. If if I'm sitting there kind of twiddling my thumbs, I'm like, oh, I should be doing something. Yeah. yeah. Even if I have any downtime, I'll be watching some sort of car film or paranormal. Yeah, yeah. Car paranormal. Yeah. So. Is that why you started the, is it parapsychology? Is, and, and is that to do with the paranormal world? Yeah, I just right, wanted okay. to understand things better. And I wanted, I did want to look at both sides. So, you know, the scientific explanations, the logical explanations, as well as, you know, mm. the paranormal ones <laughs> i love that you've got no free time yet you're filling it still with like learning and i think there's something wrong with me <laughs> i want to be like that <laughs> i really do we'd all love you to be like that yeah, Rachel. True, babe. True. <laughs> I hear you. brilliant helen thank you so much for thank joining you. us it's been Thanks. absolutely brilliant to see you and you wish you all the best with that wonderful podcast go and find it now dear listener Cars of the Macabre. I've said that right, haven't I? You have. Yes. With Helen Stanley <laughs> in all the usual podcast places. And of course, don't forget to say lovely things about it because it's a new podcast. Mm. You need to get the algorithm going. You need to give it five stars. You need to give it a great review. And then, yeah, we can all be successful podcasters together in that Yay. elusive little club. <laughs> I was about to say in a haunted house. I was like, no, I'm not going to In a haunted this. museum <laughs> full of dolls that are like definitely, mine. definitely not haunted. Every time. <laughs> it's the doll go. thing, isn't it? It's on the scariest thing ever. I'm going to get you Haunted in that doll dolls. Room. Like, it's the scariest thing. I wish I had anything under my desk so here. Sca- if you resembling a, a doll. doll I would. Just... It's so, I'm so scary. I'm right. so dramatic. <laughs> yeah, just slightly. Just slightly. Well, oh, wow. let's, uh, let's end it there. We'll let Rachel have so. a breather. Um, maybe a nice sweet tea to yeah. produce the shock levels. Um, Helen, thank you so much. Look forward to seeing <laughs> you, you again both. very, very soon. Mm. And um, yeah, let's get together to find out if I get scared by ghosts. Yes. Or dolls. Ooh, or dolls. <laughs> or both. Who knows? Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget, you can get in contact with the show if you want to ask us any questions, if you want to react, if you want to know anything more. Send us an email, podcastdrivenchat.com, or alternatively, slip into our DMs on your preferred social media feed at Driven Chat. And don't forget, there's loads of things for you to see on both our website, drivenchat.com, and our YouTube channel, where we've got brand new content being uploaded almost every week. So it is worth going, having a look, making sure you're subscribed, and seeing lots of car content there as well for now i'll say thank you so much for listening and we look forward to speaking to you again in approximately one week easy as that easy peasy thanks helen thanks john thanks rachel (laughs) thanks everyone else thanks producer amber sat in the corner over here as well thumb in the air see you soon bye the driven chat podcast in association with paramex digital you dream it we bring it to life find out more at drivenchat.com